Ah, yes, friends. On a Wednesday, it's OGP, the One Giant Podcast, where, as always, I'm one of your hosts, Adam Armbrecht. No Andy Makowitz for this one. I, of course, am also covering the Brooklyn Nets over on the Locked On Nets podcast with my boy, Doug Nori. This one is going to be about updating the offseason. We said that free agency period is looming in the middle of March, and it was understood coming in that the New York football giants, Joe Shane, was going to be looking to create cap room and progress this roster forward. On the docket today, updating the New York football giants is going to be uh, what are the expectations going into this offseason from some of the personnel on this roster, specifically very dynamic playmaker like Kadarius Tony? Some some nice words from both Joe Shane as well as Brian Dable on that front. We'll get into a couple of the cuts on the roster, expected one. Well, I'll say one expected one, one at least this early on, a little bit surprising, but I think it's pretty easy to wrap your head around it once we take a look at it and not necessarily a a big seismic shift for the for the New York football giants. And then, of course, an update around the Saquon Barkley trade expectations and the market that Joe Shane and the Giants may be setting and what it could indicate as far as what they're looking to accomplish here over the coming months. That being the case, we kick it off, as we say, with Joe Shane starting to reshape the roster. Uh, they had a press conference. Both Joe Shane also held a fan Q&A. Brian Dable got in front of the media as well yesterday. And essentially all the conversations were just about one coming in and evaluating the roster, trying to figure out where the needs were going to be uh, in this one and in this offseason, excuse me. And, you know, I'll just footnote this and we'll, we'll catch up with Andy on it maybe tomorrow or at the end of the week when asked about the offensive line and expectations around uh, what they wanted to accomplish this offseason, the draft free agency, Ryan Dable flat out said, we got one referring to Andrew Thomas as far as starting offensive linemen. Everything else is wide open. And, and listen, that's not exactly shocking. You have a what felt like a former first round, did not necessarily perform to expectations in Billy Price on his former team, came over to the Giants. I wouldn't say that he blew the doors off of anybody where you feel like he's an established guy you're going to go into the season with. We know that Shane Lemieux will be coming back from an injury. Certainly he performed well as a fifth-round selection in his rookie season, but... You know, he may have an opportunity to. I think he will to come in and compete. Uh, and then you think about a guy like Matt Pert that we mentioned the other day, someone who flashed as a rookie, took an enormous step backwards in year number two to the point where the Giants chose to go with Nate Solder over him as the starting, uh, starting offensive lineman. Now, that's the past regime and this is the future, but we know you're sitting here with, with guys like Pert and guys like Lemieux and understanding they're coming into year number three. You've got four years with them on their rookie deals. I, I, I think reasonable expectations would be to say they're going to come into camp. They don't cost a lot of money against the cap. You'll see them compete, but as the draft unfolds, as free agency unfolds, and as other roster spots become needed for acquiring more talent to this team, these are going to be some of the guys that are not going to be looked at through rose-colored glasses. It's going to be very clear. Either you show potential and capability, or it's time for us to move on so we can continue to pro uh, progress this roster. That, to me, was just a big takeaway, and this has been kind of the theme with Dable and with Joe Shane. Joe Shane, when asked about trade opportunities, what this roster is going to look like, he said, I'm not going to you know, sit here and tell you everyone on the roster is available but if someone calls we will listen because that's what it's about trying to get value trying to yeah, and one of the specific things he mentioned was 
seeing about the idea of bringing in a player for a player, bringing in multiple players for a player, et cetera. And that's how you can reshape a roster in a hurry and certainly get some of your guys in the door. We'll touch on first before we get into uh, these cuts here. Actually, you know what? Let's go into the cuts and then we'll get into Kadarius Tony after that. First and foremost, as we say, reshaping this roster, you've got Kyle Rudolph cut, obviously signed that two-year $12 million deal under Dave Gettleman. Felt like a disaster, had the injury issues. He had nothing but nice things to say. It was a weird year. If you're a Giants fan watching Kyle Rudolph not be able to play, weird year for him. But he moves on. It effectively frees up five point four million in cap space for the New York Football Giants. They're gonna five million, excuse me, in cap space. They're gonna hold on to two point four million in dead cap off of that. And then the other, maybe more surprising one here, just in terms of how quickly it happened, was Devonte Booker. We had said uh, he's a veteran running back, performed well given the opportunities, stayed north and south, averaged four point one yards per carry this past season. He is twenty nine, and. I think just in the short term, you're saying, what do you want to look to accomplish here? See how free agency develops, see how the draft develops, and just know that you do have an experienced NFL running back in the room. They had signed Williams to a futures contract from Buffalo. So, you know, again, it doesn't shock me that they moved on from him. They will save $2 million. They'll eat. 1 million in dead cap. So effectively the giants have freed up themselves uh 7.4, 7.5 million in cap room with these two moves and will carry a $3.4 million dead cap hit going forward. And I think that that's the ratio by the way on this. And maybe like why I said the number's so low on, on uh Devante Booker in terms of what the cap number was and what the dead cap was going to be. But Kyle Rudolph, I think is the model. Again, there could be big moves they'll make. We've heard a lot about James Bradbury, but dead cap to cap savings ratio. I think you want it to be that two to one number. He was on the books, Kyle Rudolph for 7.4 being able to free up five and only take two and change in dead cap. That, that is reasonable. That's the dead cap money that Joe Shane will be willing to roll over with. And we've looked through this roster before, and we've talked about the, the Blake Martinez, the Sterling Shepard, uh, the Logan Ryans of the world and wondering if that's going to be some of the areas you look to cut Riley Dixon chief among those as well, uh, because if you can free up again, 15, 20, 25 million in these handful of what we call somewhat low level moves while keeping your dead cap number around eight to 10 or eight to $12 million, then making one big move like James Bradbury or like a Saquon Barkley elevating your cap space and in Barkley's uh, situation, not taking any dead cap back, but that's how you can get yourself up closer to that $40 million number that Shane had thrown out. So those are some of the early moves and what you like about it, or what you love about it really is that Joe Shane and the giants aren't wasting any time here. And this is what we talk about. If this was still the Dave Gellman era, regardless of, of his moves, decisions, et cetera, because it would still be players that you had signed to contracts, you might hesitate and say, well, let's see how things develop over the offseason. Let's get to free agency in the middle of March. Let's look at the draft, figure out what prospects we like or don't like and where we want to go. Because it's a new era here under Joe Shane and with Brian Dable, it's very easy to just look down at the paper. And I've said this since he was hired. Look down, see the number, see the savings, see the dead cap, evaluate the talent and go, yep. Easy. Let's move on. Let's get that money in the door here. So when March 16th does come, the New York football giants are capable of extending offers to players and being in those conversations to improve, whether 
Brian Dable speaking to the offensive line or another area of need you're going to open up depending on any trades or additional cuts that you may make. So that's the positive there. The other piece that we wanted to get to here before we touch on uh, Saquon Barkley is Kadarius Tony. All indications are that Kadarius Tony is getting a clean slate. Uh, you understand, as we say, bouncing from one regime to the next, but this is a first round talent. He's incredibly well regarded from a pure just athleticism and ability standpoint. And he's still early enough on just entering into year number two of his rookie contract. That's a far cry different from being a player like a Shane Lemieux, like a Pert, who not only not the talent level taken in the third and the fifth round respectively or fifth and third round respectively, but they're also in the third year of their contracts. So what are you looking at? trying to get a sample size on one of these players, knowing that they'll be walking into their final year, potential walk year the following season. And if you like them and you want to bring them back, did you get enough of a sample size? Did you have enough of the evaluation process? And ultimately, do those players fit into your scheme? Offensive line, defensive line. Uh, when we talk about uh, James Bradbury fitting into the defensive scheme of Wink Martindale, these are moves that that matter because the the athleticism, the pure talent of any of these one individuals does not transcend what you need them to accomplish inside of a new system and a new scheme. Kadarius Tony, however, is a guy that is scheme versatile. When he was drafted this past this past uh, season, remember he's a player that it was you want to say kind of in the Odell. Beckham Jr. mold in terms of size, but he can line up on the outside. He can play out of the slot. You can use him out of the backfield. He can throw passes. He is scheme versatile or he's not scheme dependent. So when you look at a player like that incoming and you're Brian Dable and Joe Shane, you say, okay. And by the way, and Mike Kafka on the offensive side too, right? You go, oh yeah, we've done a lot of speed vertical things in Kansas city. We know the Buffalo bills went out and got Stefan Diggs to blow the top off of it. We know that we want to use and work our guys into space. We know that at least in this year upcoming, Daniel Jones is going to be the afforded the ability to be the quarterback under center. And with that, we're going to think about RPOs. We're going to think about getting him mobile and outside the pocket. And a player like Kadarius Tony is dynamic and capable of wreaking havoc on defenses. So you like that. And on Tony, Joe, first Joe Shane said, if somebody uh, calls, we're going to listen. This is regarding any trade opportunities because he did say, we're not here to shut down any possibilities, but he... Kadarius Tony is a good young player that our coaches really like. We've been in constant contact with him and we're excited to see what he can do. Uh, they've been FaceTiming Joe Shane and Kadarius Tony, having extensive conversations, probably discussing not just only uh, the small sample size that was electric this past season, the injury concerns, and then what the path is going forward for him with this franchise. And if you are concerned about personality and fit and being dedicated, one of the things as we take a look at Brian Dable's commentary around Kadarius Tony, he first said, I think it's important to show confidence in your players and respect what they do. They're grown men and women that I work with. So that is, of course, speaking to the idea of setting expectations for everyone within the organization, including himself, Brian Dable said. As long as they are dedicated coming into the building, working hard, being the best versions of themselves, learning what is uh, what we need to do, and being a pro, that's it. He needs to set that example for everyone and then be able to hold them and himself to that standard going forward. Dable went on to say, give me a thousand different definitions of what it means to be a pro. 
being on time, working hard, all the things we talk about, all these players and all the new coaches, including myself, will be held to that standard. And he closed out that comment uh, stating, and will come in with a clean slate. So it is a fresh start. And it's interesting to think about Kadarius Tony falls into the clean slate category, ready to move forward with him. Other players, we're going to talk about Saquon Barkley here in a second. They don't fall into that category, right? A, a Kyle Rudolph obviously doesn't get a clean slate. Even a veteran back like Devontae Booker doesn't get a clean slate. I will just pull back a little bit here for a second and wonder about a player like Sterling Shepard and how they want to reshape this thing. I think when you hear them say clean slate and we'll stay in the receiver room here, a Kenny Galladay, right? Had some injuries last year is obviously an enormous cap hit for them. Going to be difficult to move that number and get value back again, the savings versus dead cap ratio that they're going to take a look at here. But I think he's a guy that gets a clean slate. He was runner up within the organization to be, the, I think it's proverbial, Ernie Acorsi award winner, which just means you're you're a good guy in the locker room. Everyone respects you. Players gravitate towards you, and, and you hold yourself accountable. Well, that falls into the new mold of what the Giants want to be going forward, and I think that Kenny Galladay will, will be afforded that opportunity. They want him to come in. We said this when we took a look um, at the wide receiver position. You can check out over on Substack, evaluating the current wide receiver crop. Because of the cap hit, you're going to go into the season and try to reestablish whatever Kenny Galladay's value can be on the market. Can I see a world where they trade him ahead of the deadline in season? Certainly. But I also think you're going to try to afford him every opportunity to be a part of this team, at least for the remainder of his contract. I think that that is on the table for him. And as the salary cap continues to go up in the years to come, his somewhat large cap number will fall back into line and you'll see Allen Robinson maybe get paid this offseason and Devontae Adams is going to get paid this offseason and all these numbers will start to climb a little bit at that position and he'll fall back into kind of where he should be potentially. Nothing should be off the table with him. And then as I say, Sterling Shepard is a guy to keep an eye on. I know the cap hit is big. I know they can free up some space. I, I could be wrong on this. I think they would wait to make the move with him to free up cap room for as long as possible within reason, simply because he is again, another well-regarded player. And unless if it's purely about the cap, then I get it. You move off of it. I think it's 10 to five ish. That's the range of savings to dead cap. So net five on that, which is good enough. Um, but because he's also been hurt, you don't really, there's not going to be, be zero value for him on the market. So maybe you just see how he performs this off season. And one little footnote, uh, not specifically to, Sterling Shepard, but just the team overall, because it's a new group coming in in Brian Dable and Joe Shane, you get an extra mini camp this offseason, which will allow them to start the evaluation process on a lot of their players and get a sense of who are these guys coming into the building. That then brings us to the Saquon Barkley asking price. Now, I laid out again over there, uh, not to, I don't want to be over, I don't be over advertising, but Adam Armbrick.substack.com put out the opportunity for the for the New York football giants to create a bit of a trade market in the AFC teams that are either in the same division with the Dolphins and then up to former a spot for Shane and Dable in the Buffalo Bills and then maybe create the highest level of rivalry between the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. But over on this article initially written by Joseph Zucker, which highlighted the asking price for Saquon Barkley could be very significant. And there's a couple of details inside of it, including Jordan Schultz, 
quoted as saying, uh, spoke with two teams, but of uh, both of whom told me the potential asking price for Saquon Barkley is very significant. One assistant GM said, I don't get the sense they actually want to trade him. To me, this is just posturing, but Joe Shane would want a one, a first round pick for Saquon Barkley. Um, that aligned as well with a report from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, who said Barkley's trade doesn't seem realistic. That's tricky. And the last time, just to give Joe Shane's commentary on it at the scouting combine, when he spoke with Jordan Renan, uh, Shane said, we're still working through that, but I'm open to everything. Like whether it's trading a player for player, this is kind of what we highlight at the top here. I'll listen to anybody. If it's trading a couple of players, I'm not going to say the entire roster. Uh, we're, that we're open for business on the entire roster. But if anyone is going to call and they're interested in any of our players, I'm certainly going to listen. But if you're telling me, if you're telling me that they want a first round pick, it's just not going to happen. I, no one in the league is going to in this offseason is going to give the New York Football Giants a first round pick for Saquon Barkley. Now, whether or not. The Giants could find, as Joe Shane says, these combinations of is there a player that the New York football Giants look at and consider to be a high second round, late first round value on another team? And they could swap them where the incoming talent was not going to be retained by your trade partner, where the incoming talent represents a cap hit or cap number that you would be willing to absorb at that position of need versus Saquon Barkley 7.2 million this year. And then potentially an even bigger number going forward. If you extend them on an additional contract that I think is maybe, maybe that's the wiggle room. If we're, if we're trying to read the tea leaves here, I just, boy, I'd find it surprising if they went, you know, you can look at it as one of two things. The giants are trying to push up the market for Saquon Barkley and set a threshold. And they could always back down from that at some point in the off season or that they're willing to go to, and Andy and I had talked about this, willing to go into the season with Saquon Barkley and trying to up what his value is by showcasing his health and obviously the incredible talent and skill set that he can have. I, I just worry that the risk-reward there is, let's say, as I highlighted in the article, that he's a third-round pick. That's where That's where the league, that's where the market is saying his value lies in a trade right now. If you go to the regular season and you think we can go from a mid a mid three all the way up to a mid two, maybe even the top of the second round. And in order to get there, you need to showcase six to seven weeks of quality Saquon Barkley football. What happens if he gets injured and the trade value is completely done and you're not going to bring him back and he walks in the offseason to try to reclimate himself somewhere else? I find it hard to believe that Joe Shane and the Giants want to reconstruct, rebuild, reshape the cap room, get younger, bring in their guys, and simultaneously are willing to make what would be in line with the mistake of the previous regime, a decision on a player like Saquon Barkley that just it does not make sense from a dollar standpoint, from a positional value standpoint, and from a future standpoint. I, I cannot see that being the case. So again, labeling, putting a first round draft pick marquee on Saquon Barkley, that may be where they're starting. It doesn't mean that's where they're going to finish. And I'll be very curious to see if they get calls and we hear some drips and drabs, what are some of the offers that are coming in? And would Joe Shane basically be posturing on how high he wants the value to be showing a level of willingness to turn around? 
if you, uh, you know, some of the examples that I was giving for trade opportunities would be look at the Buffalo Bills. You could say maybe Singletary and a pick or something along those lines, maybe a Zach Moss and a pick something along those lines where the Giants send back a sixth rounder and pick up a fourth along with Zach Moss, a player who has two years still of control on his rookie contract, only going to count for a million dollars against the cap this season, which means the Giants could both get a mid-round pick bring in a another body in the backfield and also maintain 6.2 or 6.5 million 6.2 or 6.5 million of the freed up cap space from Saquon Barkley that's the difference you're still going to be able to keep north of six million dollars available to you to spend on the open market while getting another draft asset and bringing in a player those are the scenarios where all of a sudden you go from saying well Saquon Barkley for a first round pick that's what we want also we would take a late second round pick and a player for Saquon Barkley. Also, we might take X and Y. And, you know, Buffalo being the one example, there's plenty of other teams around the league that are in a win now mode. I mentioned Miami. They have money to extend and keep Saquon Barkley around long term. That could certainly be an option. They have Miles uh, Gaskin down there who's in the last year of his deal. Don't think he'd be an attractive player necessarily for the Giants. But who else is on that roster? What players do you have in the secondary that could help this team and that are maybe still on their rookie deals or on a team-friendly second contract as a veteran on the market? I, I Like I said, egg on my face if it turns out the New York football giants want to move forward with Saquon Barkley and they believe he can be a key piece here. Uh, one of the beat writers, uh, Ralph Asciano, had said, well, if you want to find out what you have in Daniel Jones, you need to have talent around him. You got to stop with that narrative. There is plenty of examples of where you can get talent, specifically at the running back position. And if Daniel Jones, if that's if that's still what you're doing, if you're going to spend $7.2 million against the cap this year and keep Saquon Barkley on this roster and let him walk in free agency next season, all to prove that Daniel Jones could be the guy, there has to be a better mechanism to that. And there's a lot of examples in the draft in the third and fourth round where you can say, hey, we went out and got player X, right? Antonio Gibson in Washington, very successful. Alvin Kamara has been incredibly successful. Cam Akers has been a successful player. And I'm not even getting into the weeds on some of these other guys that have been taken in the second, third, and fourth rounds. You can do that because guess what? You still reset the amount of money that you're investing at that position. Feels like we've gotten ourselves to that sweet spot of a little bit of a rant on the Saquon Barkley circumstance. All that to say, at the end of the day, as Andy Makowitz would tell you, this is this is the process. You're starting to clear the dead cap room. You're starting to clear the cap room, excuse me, taking some small dead cap hits along the way, preparing yourself for that March 16th, the free agency period, and being able to go out and accomplish some things that you're looking to do. We talked last episode about targeting an offensive lineman to ease the necessity of what you want to accomplish when it comes to the draft and not pigeonhole yourself into a have to take a player at a position of need versus taking the best player available and just adding more talent to this roster. On tomorrow's episode, I want to take a look at the cornerback market, give you some examples of players the Giants could look to target because if they bring in, or excuse me, if they ship out James Bradbury and free up pre-free agency period, pre-June 1, if they can free up the $13 million in cap space while taking a $9 million dead cap number. That's going to be the tight window that Shane would prefer not to do, but might be willing to do. You can pivot that money into either other positions of need, offensive line, but what if you go and get a cornerback immediately on the market to replace him and that fits into Wink Martindale's system so you can turn around and approach the draft and say, we have a Dory Jackson, we have player X on the other side, 
we now get to look at the offensive linemen available, the edge rushers available, and other positions of need, understanding that how much talent at the top end of this draft is allocated inside of very specific positions, and cornerbacks among them. So there's some mechanics to this that I think could make sense for the New York football giants. We'll get into that. I think with Andy Mackowitz, he had some business to take care of out there in the world. He should be back tomorrow. If not though, I'll come in. We'll talk this scenario. We'll highlight some of the opportunities for the New York football giants and see, can this team continue to rebuild this off season and build in the right direction? Head over to YouTube. Really appreciate it. Our, uh, the subscription numbers continue to grow. Uh, next episode, end of the week, I'm going to be shouting out all the people that have been coming in and joining the OGP crew. Really appreciate it. Get into the comments. Throw out some guys in free agency that you're curious about. Throw out some guys in the draft that you like. We're going to start to get into that conversation as well as we work through the month and head towards the March 16th free agency period. Until next time, though, as Andy Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know, as always, let's go Big Blue.